Good morning. Good resurrection morning. Uh, happy resurrection Sunday. Uh, it's This is live and it's early Easter Sunday morning and I'm glad you're with me and I hope you've got a copy of God's Word. And I'm going to take you somewhere in the Old Testament first. I'm going to take you to Psalm 31. But I want you to listen. When I was a little boy, I can remember well my mama teaching me. I remember it. Uh, a bedtime prayer that went like this. It's a bedtime prayer that many of you have prayed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I remember praying that every night. I think about that prayer, and I think about that prayer this morning as we come, really, to Luke chapter 23. Now, I'll get to Psalm 31, then I'll take you back to Luke chapter 23, and the seventh word from the cross. It's really a prayer of contentment, not resignation. It is very clearly a prayer of contentment. I started off with the prayer that my mom taught me as a little boy because in Psalm 31, uh, which was an interesting psalm, we think David was trapped probably uh, in the city of Keilah when he went to rescue them. And uh, Saul discovered that he was there in the city that had two gates. And Saul was going to, um, he was going to, put his army on one side and on the other side to keep David from escaping out of either gate. And uh, they think that this Psalm came out of that experience because he writes in verse uh, 20, 21, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. What I want you to see is what he prays early on in that prayer. Psalm 31 verse five, David writes these words, into your hand, I commit my spirit. That was the nighttime, the bedtime prayer every Jewish mother would teach her little boy or her little girl uh, before they would go to sleep at night. They would pray that prayer of David. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Now, here you come uh, to Jesus on the cross, just as he dies, he's going to pray that exact same prayer. Luke chapter 23. Keep your finger back there, if you would, in Psalm 31, and look with me at Luke chapter 23. And uh, you remember yesterday we talked about Christ, the last two days, Christ being in the darkness from noon until three, uh, the sun did not shine. It was uh, symbolic, I think, of the judgment of God. I think it was also symbolic of sorrow, of anguish. And it's interesting to me. It's interesting that Jesus died in the darkness, but there was glorious light at his birth. Do you remember when the angel appeared to the shepherds, it said, and uh, they were surrounded by this glory, the glory that was there, this light that was there. And then the heavenly host came and filled the nighttime sky. That must have been some supernatural type of light that was there, the, the glory that surrounded them. Do you remember the star 
that was so unusual and so bright and uh, behaved unlike any other star because it moved and it led these magi, these Persian uh, magi uh, to Jesus Christ, to the birth of the Savior, to where the Savior was. So his birth was surrounded in life, in light, but now his death is now surrounded in darkness. It's kind of interesting that as he dies, he dies as that uh, darkness has descended, but he dies with this prayer of a child on his lips. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. I commit, I give my spirit. Let me make a couple of observations out of this. If you're there in uh, Luke chapter 23 and verse 43, Jesus crying with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Christ died willingly. No one took Jesus's life. Don't ever mistake that. Don't ever think, well, uh, they took his life away from him. Let me take you really to John chapter 10. And I want you to listen to the words of Christ there. John chapter 10, verse 17, verse 18. For this reason, the father loves me. Now keep this in mind in light of the prayer that Jesus just prayed. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one has taken it away from me. Did you hear that? Do you see that? No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. Jesus died willingly. Now, before he died, let me kind of recap. Before he died, do you remember what he did? He prayed for the forgiveness of his enemies those who were persecuting him, those who had lied against him, those who had betrayed him. He, he prayed for the forgiveness of his enemies. Uh, he gave salvation to a thief that said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He, before he died, uh, he prayed and he took care of his mother. He cared for his mother. And in a sense, he was kind of restoring John. Uh, before he died, he finished the work that the father had given him to do. And then as he died, he dies with this prayer of a child on his lips. He died willingly. And precisely after he had done everything that was left for him to do, he laid his life down and he did it willingly. No sheep ever willingly went to slaughter, but the lamb of God did. Let me give you the second observation here, and it's this, he died actually. You need to understand that Jesus actually died. Uh, now you say, well, why would, why would you make that statement? Because through the millennia, uh, there have been those who have devised every kind of crazy notion uh, about this whole thing of resurrection. And there was one great theory that was passed around by the, the bright intellectuals who simply said, well, he didn't really die, he swooned. And when they took him down from the cross and they laid him in the cold tomb, that the coldness of that tomb revived him. He was dead. There was no doubt about it, he was dead. 
um, this quaternion of Roman soldiers who were experts in the art of execution would know when a man had died. They would know what death looked like. They did it every single day, multiple times a day. Um, and they understood, they knew death. They could, they could see it. They could smell it. They could tell what it was. And uh, as if that was not enough, one went up with a spear, pierced his side, which obviously ruptured the pericardium sac, and out of it flowed blood and water that had separated, which happens at death. There was no doubt that Jesus was dead. He died actually. But what I want you to see is this, he died contentedly. He had in those dark hours cried out in anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But here at the end, he comes and he prays this prayer that David had prayed back in Psalm 31, into your hand, I commit my spirit. Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Now, did you get that? Jesus prays this prayer like no one ever prayed it because he adds the name or, or the title, Abba, Father. No one ever prayed it that way. David didn't pray it that way. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Nobody ever prayed Father until Jesus came until Jesus prayed that way, until Jesus spoke of God as father. Do you remember at 12 years of age when they had left him in the temple, they did not know it, and they go back to get him? He, he looks at me and he says, don't you know that I would be in my father's house? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? At 12 years of age, Jesus already had a clear understanding that he, his father was God and that there was a work for him to do. Matthew chapter six, uh, he taught his disciples there in the Sermon on the Mount. He taught them to pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven. In Luke chapter 22, do you remember in the garden how he prays? He prayed there, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. John chapter five, Jesus says, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. It was the first word that he spoke from the cross. It was a prayer. Father, forgive them. This word really framed the entire ministry of Jesus Christ. Do you remember what he said to Mary Magdalene uh, in his appearance to her right after the resurrection and she came to the grave? He says, I've not yet ascended to the Father, but go and say to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Do you know that from John chapter 13 through John chapter 17, Jesus uses the name Father 53 times. Now, if that says anything to me, it says this, he died contentedly. 
with this prayer of a child, a bedtime prayer of a child on his lips, he died contentedly. He died contentedly because number one, he was convinced of the father's presence. Now he had prayed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But by the time he dies, he now is aware of the father's presence. Number two, because of the Father's promise. The second part, let me show you this, of that verse, Psalm 31, verse five, into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, or you could translate it, redeemed me. Now, Jesus did not have to be ransomed. He did not have to be redeemed but he understands and acknowledges uh, this promise of God to save. He knew that the Father would not leave him in that tomb. He knew that the Father would not leave him in the grave. In fact, you can pick that up in Peter's sermon uh, on the day of Pentecost, Um, listen to what he said, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. God raised him up. He would not leave him there. He knew the promise of God and uh, he knew the protection of God. If you're still there, you still got a finger in Psalm 31. Look at verse 15. It's pretty fascinating to me. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. My times, my life is in your hand. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You are not going to leave me in the hand of my enemies. You will deliver me from the hand of my enemies and those who persecute me. He understood the Father's protection. The Father was there for the Son. His presence, his promise, his protection. Now, let me go back to Luke chapter 23. And it was about the sixth hour and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour because the sun was obscured. The veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now, it's interesting He breathes his last and immediately a Roman centurion standing there saw what had happened and began praising God, saying, certainly this man was innocent or this man was righteous, you could translate. Matthew's gospel tells us that the centurion said, surely this was the son of God. Now, I don't know if that centurion gave his life to Christ that day, but I tell you what, he sure, Pop, gave the gospel. He began glorifying God, praising God, Luke says, and Matthew says he acknowledged this was the Son of God. It's interesting that immediately as he dies, the gospel is proclaimed by no one less than a Gentile a centurion, a Roman, part of those who had put him to death. There's an earthquake that takes place. Now watch as I conclude. 
When God gave the law at Sinai, there was an earthquake. Uh, there was an earthquake that spoke of the terror of the law. And at Calvary, when Jesus Christ died, there was an earthquake. And the earthquake was to show the fulfillment of the law of God. Jesus Christ kept the law. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ paid the penalty of the law, though sinless. And the earth shook. And because of that, we have overcome the enemy because of the blood of the Lamb. Happy, happy day. You have a great resurrection day. God bless.